This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Man, there are a bunch of teams that are going to wake up with major Thanksgiving football hangovers after week number 12. And I dare say the Arizona Cardinals are right in the middle of that. And unless I'm missing something, they've been spinning their wheels and have not come up with any answers. Even as they get Kyler Murray back and James Conner has a huge day. The Cardinals still can't win at home, which is an, an issue, you think. And also, in the end, they continue to come up just short. And the frustration spills out in their post-game press conferences. People are starting to ask questions about the relationship between Kyler and Cliff Kingsbury, who you may remember came in together. All is not sunshine and roses in the desert. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Do you need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. So you can find me on Twitter, A-Law Radio. Excited to talk football the next three hours and on through the week. Wow, we're post-Thanksgiving. Do you know it'll be December? It'll be December before this week is up. I don't know how I feel about that. Also on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence, we've got a YouTube channel as well with a relatively new video up, the video version of Ask Amy Anything and what I'm thankful for this year. So you can check that out when you have a chance. Right now, though, we're pleased to welcome our friend Tyler Drake, who has been analyzing the Cardinals', Cardinals latest loss a bazillion ways to Sunday. He's with AZ Sports 98.7 and also a Cardinals reporter. And Tyler, before we kind of pick this apart, like picking apart the meat that's still left on the turkey bone, the turkey carcass, which I feel like is fitting for the Cardinals. Uh, what are a couple of, of emotions, I would say, that stand out from the Cardinals post-game press conferences? Yeah, yeah, great to be on. Uh, long time no talk. I would say, I mean, emotions I think are, are pretty pretty easy to see. There's visible visible frustration. I think the two guys that I would pinpoint the most was Buda Baker and James Conner. I mean, you could feel the the disappointment. You could feel the you know the almost I, I don't want to say necessarily season kind of dictating loss, but that's at the end of the day, I think that's really what it is. I think the last loss was the same way with against the Niners. So I think it's now kind of Time to look in the mirror. Time to time to figure out what these next five games look like, and and really try to end on a positive note. Because right now there is there is very little to nothing to be positive about this football team right now. Even James Conner's big day not enough for them to get the win. So I think that tells you all you need to know right now with how this Cardinals team is doing. Ultimately, why did they lose on Sunday, Tyler? Uh, well, I think if you want to get back to it, I, I mean the biggest glaring issues for me was the end of the game. 
you know, they came out hot. They, they ran uh, James Conner wild the, that first half. They seemed to really dictate the game. Second half was a completely different story. It seemed like they were getting in front of themselves again. And then it's, it's got to be the three possessions to end the game, basically. They had three three and outs. I think the longest uh, drive was like a minute and 40 seconds or something like that. Nothing that you can't, you're not going to win a game. You're not going to keep a lead if you do that. Right. Their last drive went 31 seconds and they were on their own 10 yard line. They gave them great field position, gave them enough time to go down the field and score. And that's really what it comes down to for me. The offense didn't step up. The defense did everything it could for as long as it could. But with the offense not being able to stay on the field, the defense was gassed into the game happens looked like the Chargers just marched right down and scored, and that was all it was. And if you think about those last three drives, the, one that you high, the ones that you highlighted, even though they did have the ball for the final 15 seconds, not a legit drive, is there anything that stands out? Because uh, Keller seemed frustrated about, well, he made some comment about schem- schematics, but he's he's made comments about them not being in, the pos- in position or about just being uh, on the wrong page, having a disconnect. I mean, he's kind of referenced that a bunch during the season where it doesn't seem like they're, they're locked in step. Yeah, yeah. And the, uh, the report that came out this morning about how him and Cliff had the two weeks of re- or, or hashing things out and getting on the same page, you know, all of that. So it's definitely an interesting thing. I thought, I thought for the most part, I think they just didn't go with what was working with the ground game. I think you chew up clock if you just hand the ball off. And right. instead, they, they just got cute. And I think that was, that's, that's a lot on Kingsbury. I don't think it's necessarily as much as on the players. Obviously, you still got to execute. But I just don't think they were given the keys to really put that game out of reach. Because, of, like I said earlier, they made a concerted effort to get James Conner the football early. Mm-hmm. Should have been how they ended the game. It's interesting, too, because if you look at the stats, and I know stats only tell part of the story, but if you look at the stats, uh, they were better than the Chargers in many categories, like conversions on third down, like total yards, like yards per play. I mean, they actually did do a lot of really strong things in this game, including the James Conner 120 yards, maybe his best game uh, with the Cardinals, and yet the frustration and the futility Tyler Drake is with us from the desert where the Cardinals seemingly cannot win at home. What is going on with that? They're one in six. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, (laughs) it's one of those things that really goes back to last year. It's just, it's, it's baffling to see the, just the disconnect at home compared to away. You know, we've asked the question time and time again, you know, and and really, we don't really get an answer. It's, it's one of those things where we just got to execute. We've got to come out and, and really get on our horse. And I thought they did that actually from a, compared to their other home losses they actually came out and looked like the better team out the gate but then shot themselves in the foot so the biggest thing is the miscues it's the it's the pre-snap penalties that that I didn't necessarily notice as much this game but previous games for sure that that's a huge one and then just just uh you know defensively stupid uh penalties there uh unnecessary roughness calls things of that nature and at the end of the day just I think just trying to get too cute and, and trying to make things happen when clearly there's a disconnect between uh, somewhere on that team, somewhere on the offense. Yes. I think the defense is overachieving at this point. I, I really think the defense was supposed to be the weak link, was supposed to be the thing that held this team back, and and quite frankly, it's the offense. I think this offense coming into this year was supposed to be a Super Bowl-caliber type offense. You had all of these weapons, and it hasn't panned out. They bring other guys in like Robbie Anderson. They can't get him involved. He's just now – is now positive yardage after having negative yards for the last couple of games. So 
it's just it's it's so there's just such a disconnect that they've got to really get back to the basics and really figure out what is the real problem and I don't really know if they have the answer. Mm. Well, it, so that's what I feel like too. Even watching from the outside, that they're just they're a bunch of individuals trying to play football on offense. But it, at least from the sidelines to the field, it seems like there's this massive chasm. And a lot of what you've mentioned, Tyler, goes back to discipline and it goes back to mental toughness. We know that's been questioned with the Cardinals and specifically specifically with Kyler. So how much of this do you think is falling on the shoulders of Cliff Kingsbury to the point where his job may be in jeopardy? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think these next five games are going to be big. I think they're really going to be big. Uh, he was Cliff was asked point blank post game if. He thought uh, he, if he had any concern about his job security, he said he didn't. Uh, you know, obviously, NFL is a not-for-long league, as uh, <laughs> Buddha Baker said, if, especially if you're not winning. Hmm. And, and it's a business. Uh, it's a results-driven business. So uh, these next five games are going to be big. If they, don't have a, if they can't have some kind of positive outlook getting through the season, I, I mean, why wouldn't you look at it? And, and I, don't think it stops, I don't think it stops with him. I think you've got to look higher than that because – you got to have the players that are that are going to be available and playing throughout the week. Availability is the biggest thing in NFL, in my opinion. And if you can't be on the field, you're not doing your job, and that means the people in the front office aren't doing their job. So it's an unlucky business with the injury side of things. But you have to have the backup options. You have to have those depth pieces. I think they have 77 different players now that have <laughs> that have come in and played with the Farrell Cooper taking the punt return today. So oh my gosh, they just there is so much. There's just been so much, I guess, turnover with players and, and everything that it's hard to get in a rhythm. But at the same right. time, you've got to be able to scout and figure out how to get your team in the best spot to win. Mm. Tyler Drake is with AZ Sports, or not only uh, do sing, does some editing, but we love him for his Cardinals reporting and his insights. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, so th- this is a game that I think kind of embodies what the Cardinals have been like this season. Uh, really, you have a, you have kind of everything rolled into this game. But thinking back to the beginning of the year, Tyler, what were the expectations for this team? I mean, I'll tell you my expectations. I, I had a legit feeling that they could win double digits again, double digit wins again. And mm-hmm. that was looking at that now, it's rough, even though a lot of those games that they've lost, outside of the Kansas City game, the Niner game, uh, really came down to one score, like 10-point games. So a couple of, you know, the, like I said, pre-snap penalties, miscues, if they, the, a careless interception or two, you know, if they fix those things, they could be in a completely different spot. But it's, it's the discipline side of it that is just, I think, failing them the most right now is that they just can't get out of their own way no matter what they do, no matter what they try, no matter a inspiring speech from Buda Baker on hard knocks, like, None of that is, is – it just isn't translating on the field. And you can just, like I said, James Conner and Buda Baker, I mean, if the, if the feeling and the emotion of the team is on two people, it's those guys because they, they just ooze, you know, that team dynamic. So it, it's, it, it's crazy to see because, like I said, offense should have been a Super Bowl caliber offense. Injuries happen, suspensions happen, whatever. If you have an uh, offensive guru like Cliff Kingsbury – you should have been able to figure it out with Hopkins Ooh. out. So there's a lot of things that you can obviously go back and look at. But, yeah, personally, I thought I thought they were a double-digit uh, win team, and I thought the defense was going to be the biggest weak point. But, really, they're, they're probably the most consistent right now. Uh, they've dropped four of five. They're now sitting at four and uh, four and eight, excuse me. 
Um, the the division itself is still so jumbled up, and the NFC is it's not a great conference. It's a little top heavy, but pretty much everybody else is still alive. Um, and I know this is a completely different division than it was last year, but I'm wondering if there's any path. If you think about their schedule, what they've got coming up, uh, they do have. Uh, you know they have a, they have a game on the road in Denver. That's one against a team that's abysmal. So maybe there's a bright light there. But they have two of these four remaining games, or I guess there's five remaining games. They have a bunch of them, two that are home. Except that that's not even a a consolation for it, the Cardinals because they stink at home. I'm trying to find like some way that there's a light here for these last few games that you've mentioned. But gosh, if they keep playing like this, it doesn't feel like there is. Yeah, it's just there's just no connection. There's no complimentary football being played. There's just everything seems like it's it's not connecting to one. It's it's just nothing's connected, plain and simple. And mm. and yeah, you know it's going to be hard for them, I think, to to really get over the hump of these last two losses, especially this one. I mean, that's that's the heartbreaker, plain and simple. But for them to score on the on the two point conversion, that I mean, shows you Staley's you know gutsy calls, and then you, mm. and it's just it's a definite, definite, definite dagger in, into any of the hope that they had to really turn this thing around, it's going to be tough. I think it's very possible that they might not win another game. And that's that's crazy for me to, to think about, say, but I just... Oh, come on. They're definitely going to be Denver. <laughs> I don't know. I don't oh, know. I ha- you know, they're at the point right now where it's like the teams that they should beat are... Th- it's, it's it's almost like they'll go and beat the the Bucks instead of the instead of the Broncos. Oh. That's like that's kind of how I feel this season's going right yeah. now. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> that's crazy, right? Um, the the, <laughs> the two point conversion in those final fifteen seconds. Weirdly enough, uh, it's it happened twice on Sunday that teams went for it and won that way. What was your reaction when you were seeing it play out? Uh, so we had actually uh, somebody behind me, a uh, buddy named Jess Root, was actually talking about, uh, he's like, hey, you know, if they make this, they're going to go for two. And this, I, I kind of looked at him and said, did you just really put that into existence? And, and he's like, yeah. He's like, I didn't say they're going to get it, but they're going to go for it. And then <laughs> and I just hear him under his breath go, oh, no, they're actually going for it. Oh my gosh. And so that was, uh, that was pretty funny. But, I mean, it was a gutsy call. And, and I think with how the game was going, I think Staley realized, like, you know, the game could really go either way. If they have to, if they go into overtime, so I mean, why not? Why not go for it? I think their season was very much on the line right there. If they if they couldn't figure it out, because the AFC is so stacked, especially that division. So I think that was a really you know season on the line. We need it, and it was one of the easier two point conversions I think I've seen. Are fans still in on this team, or still following, or have they just kind of broken legs jumping off the bandwagon? Uh, it's. Uh, one of my colleagues was uh, was on the field, and, and they were up 10-7. They didn't pick up the fourth and in inches and decided to throw the ball instead of run the rock like they had all game and were mm-hmm. effective with it. And uh, he heard a lot of fire cliff, even though they were <gasps> up by three. Wow. So that kind of tells you right there. He told me that after the game. I was pretty shocked. I mean, they were playing really good. That was about the first mess up outside of Connor's fumble. But, uh, yeah, they, he was like, yep, that was the first time I've ever heard somebody say fire the coach when they're winning a game. So, I think that right there kind of tells you where the fan base is at. I think it's just, it's like I said, results. They're not getting results. Uh, they're they not really getting answers as to why they're not getting results. And they, I think they just expected better. I mean, Cliff sure. has progressed every year, has won, has, has improved his record every year, and this year he's not plain and simple. There's no improvement going on. Kyler Murray's regressed. So now it's where do we go from here? 
That's really what it comes down to. Could it be about their relationship? Because they keep answering questions about it. Kyler keeps saying they're fine, but well, and Cliff keeps calling it a Gen Z thing. But I, I mean, <laughs> there obviously is something going on there. Yeah, you got it. And, and you know, I think for the most part, it's a lot of it, it. I think losing has a big part of it. I think losing has a big part of it when it sure. comes to Kyler because. Kyler's attitude when he's losing is clearly different from winning. I think anybody can say that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, uh, but you can tell that these, I feel like these reports or these, or these kind of indifferences that are coming out happen after a couple losses or something like that, where I obviously, you know, there's, there's issues on getting things right, plain and simple. But I don't think it's to the point where it's like, hey, you better do your job or you're out of here kind of thing. I think it's more so like, hey, I want to get this right. You want to get this right. We're passionate. Let's do it. That's what we've kind of been heard, that, or that's what we've been told by both of them. So, I mean, obviously, you're, you're going to start poking at, the, poking at the holes in the armor when it's getting to this point. Sure. And that's obviously a topic for sure because, obviously, offensive guru, number one pick, they should be working – I mean, he should still be on that up-and-up progression, and he's clearly not. He's taken a step back. The injuries haven't helped any. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's something that we'll have to watch the next couple of weeks. Uh, the sideline exchanges are obviously being viral about every week. I don't think I've seen any this week, so uh, <laughs> at least that's a positive, I guess. Yes, there's uh, one good thing. Losing definitely either uh, highlights your leadership or exposes your lack of leadership. Yes. And right now it doesn't feel as though there's a, a strong leader who is able to get them moving in the right direction. They've got some strong personalities. They've got some leaders. They've got some guys who will speak up, but right now they need someone to drag them in the other direction, and that's just not happening. So it's it's definitely frustrating, and you can hear all about it on the AZ Cards Corner. That's the podcast co-hosted by Tyler Drake. He's also Cardinals Insider with AZ Sports in 98.7 in the desert, and well, I hope the next time we speak, it's it's more pleasant. Maybe around the holidays when there's cheer, Tyler. We're already in the holidays. Well, it's true. I guess closer to Christmas. But you're right. It's coming quickly. The Cardinals better turn things around. Thank you so much for a couple of minutes after a long day. I appreciate it. No problem. Anytime. <laughs> he makes a good point. We're already in the holidays. So there's no cheer. There was not a whole lot of Thanksgiving taking place in the desert for anyone associated with the Cardinals, and just some really interesting points there. The word that he says over and over, disconnect. And honestly, that's kind of what we've, well, at least the vibe that I've gotten from Kyler Murray. And I know he was out for a couple of games, but for him to come back and for them to to just bang their head against the walls uh, multiple times there in the fourth quarter with the game on the line, not able to come up with anything offensively with the number of guys they've got, um, so, yeah, there's frustration and there are questions and there's a lot of chatter around their relationship and whether or not it is breaking down and is it sustainable? Can they figure it out? So that remains to be seen. You can find me on Twitter, A Law Radio. You can find Tyler on Twitter. I, I forgot to mention this when I was saying goodbye to him at T Drake for the number four sports. And we did retweet. Uh, him just to, so you can know where to find him. So it's there on Twitter. Sorry about that, Tyler. T Drake for sports. All right. 
That's a lot of drama. And we have only scratched the surface. That other two-point conversion for the win that I mentioned happened in the early round of games. So we still have to talk about that. How about the return of Mike White for the New York Jets? And straight ahead, it was supposed to be a high-profile, high-marquee matchup in Kansas City. And instead, it turned into... Well, I don't want to say a dud. Maybe that's not fair. But it definitely wasn't the game that the NFL anticipated by putting the Chiefs and Rams on the field together in Week 12. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Holmes in the shotgun at the left hash mark. In motion, Jody Fortson right to left. Fake handoff to Pacheco. Backing up further is Mahomes. Guns it over the middle. Caught. 20-yard line in the 15-yard line. Angling near side with the block. 10-5. Kelsey stretches out for the end zone. Touchdown! Kansas City! Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey. 39-yard touchdown. Deep middle and a great run after the catch by the best tight end in National Football League history. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. First down and goal to go at the three, leading 13 to three, well into the third quarter. Noah Gray in motion behind Mahomes. Handoff, Pacheco plunging into the line. Pacheco, touchdown! Kansas City, Isaiah Pacheco, his second rushing touchdown of his rookie season, plunging into the line for three yards. It's time to pull on the pads and hit somebody. 
on After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. I think it's really interesting that even though the Chiefs earned their ninth win on Sunday, and it was relatively handy, I wouldn't say the game was in doubt for very long, there still wasn't a ton of euphoria, excitement, definitely not satisfaction or contentment with how this game played out. And it struck me as I was hearing some of the post-game comments, and I know Andy Reid, he's going to be positive. It's a W. He's definitely not going to criticize anyone. And, and you you kind of take these wins in the, the meat of the season, and you're thankful for them. But it was definite that they felt like they left a lot of <clears throat> meat on the bone. I know. Awful. Just awful. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Mitch Holtis with the calls on Chiefs Radio. And this was such a huge disparity between the home team and the Los Angeles Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions who do not have Matthew Stafford. They still uh, are... He's still in concussion protocol. They're still waiting for him to come out of concussion protocol even though he doesn't have a concussion. But he does have a neck injury, and I guess there's still some kind of odd sensation. I don't want to say, like, partial paralysis because that's not fair, but there are body parts that aren't feeling the way that they're supposed to be feeling, and they're worried about the implications from his neck area. So no Matthew Stafford, and the reports are even that he could miss the rest of the season. This guy's an Iron Man. The number of games that he's played through when he has been banged up or has broken this or bruised that is phenomenal. Uh, he's like the Terminator, for heaven's sakes. But when it comes to this season, I'm not sure there's anything to be gained by putting him out there in those situations to get hurt even more. Rather have him completely healthy to start next year if if that's what it comes down to. So instead, it's the first career start for Bryce Perkins, who I didn't know this about him. I knew he was undrafted. He had a broken neck during his college career and actually was in a brace for months and months. He ended up finishing out his college career at Virginia in Charlottesville and turned into an incredible player who was now got a start under his belt in the NFL. But yeah, his story is one that's astounding. And his first start ever in the pros comes at Arrowhead Stadium, which is not easy. The fans make life so miserable. And yet the Chiefs left the door open. They were one for six in the red zone. One for six in the red zone. That is not typical of the Chiefs. Mahomes throws an interception in the fourth quarter in the end zone. And so if you saw the replay from behind the the goalpost, he was looking, he was trying to misdirect the defense. He was looking off to the right, looking off to the right, kind of like a quarterback will do to try to lead the defense away. But clearly he was locked in on Travis Kelsey. And I, I don't know if it's because he was looking to the right that he didn't realize that Kelsey had a defender come right in front of him. Maybe it was a... a a case of him holding the ball too long. But when he threw it, it literally went right into the bread basket of the defender. And so it wasn't a great game for Patrick Mahomes, though we still did get, uh, let's see, I counted them up, 10 different targets who had a catch in this game. So a big deal. They have a lot of weapons. Even without Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 
Isaiah Pacheco uh, ends up with a huge game and, and a touchdown. Harrison Butker has four field goals. So there's plenty of positives to come out of it, but just not the game that Patrick Mahomes wanted or that the Chiefs were satisfied with. We got to be better. I mean, obviously, it's a great defense. We have a ton of respect for them. Um, but we moved the ball kind of between the 20s, and it seemed like when we got down there in goal-to-go uh, situations, we weren't able to score. And then when defense got turnovers, we weren't able to score. And so we pride ourselves on those two things, a red zone offense. We, we spent a ton of time in training camp on it. Um, and then scoring after turnovers. Those were, game, <clears throat> those were games were won. And so uh, we got to be better. We got to be better there, and we understand that. Um, and it starts with me of just getting the ball in my hand and get it to the right guy on time. It was a good, uh, good opponent, and I was proud of our guys for the job that they did of uh, definitely not taking them lightly, coming out and playing good, aggressive football on both sides of the ball. Um, Pat had a, another big night, um, and uh, with 300 plus yards, you know, and we kind of take those for granted, but uh, not easy to do. Defensively, I thought we just played a heck of a football game. So Andy Reid's always going to point to his quarterback and say, he's the man, we're proud of him. And yes, he was well over 300 yards. He did have a touchdown to Kelsey and the Chiefs won. So ultimately that's the most important thing. Uh, but it, it wasn't up to their standard. And I think that speaks volumes about who they are, even though they're 9-2 and two and have the best record in the AFC, second best record in the NFL. As for the Rams... Now they're searching for moral victories, which tells you everything you need to know about the defending champions. By the way, and Jay, if you can find this video, I would appreciate if you'd put it up on our show Twitter or retweet it. Did you guys see Sean McVay get trucked in the first quarter of this game? Now, he didn't fall over, but they're one of, uh, I think it was a Ram. It was a Ram. A Ram is had run, you know, off of the field onto the sidelines and was turning to go back onto the field of play, and he does so just as McVay is turning toward him and kind of turning, I think, to look at him and to check on him. And so this guy, he's he's walking, or he's running back toward the field. McVay kind of turns into his path and gets knocked upside the head. The, the, the uh, microphone and his headset got smashed right into his face. And I, I don't know for sure, but I feel like at the in the first half anyway, you could see his face bruised up a little bit. Uh, so, uh, gosh, it hurt. I watched it a couple of times. Jay looked it up and said it was Roger Carter Jr., a rookie. And he's going to find uh, the video to, to retweet it on our show account after our CBS. Yeah, can I say I, I, I believe that that is kind of how the Rams feel about this season in general. Uh, they're getting walloped. They're getting trucked. Uh, it's It's painful, and they're battered and bruised. Tough atmosphere to play. You give those guys their credit, but uh, I am proud of the way that those guys came out, competed, snap in and snap out, um, and we're going to try to build on this one. It definitely was a loud atmosphere. Um, a couple of those plays, um, you know, were, were definitely um, procedure-wise were, were on me. Bryce Perkins taking responsibility. Hey, maybe that's a good idea for one Zach Wilson. Sorry. 
Bryce Perkins taking responsibility after his first career start. He had 100 yards passing, his first ever NFL touchdown, but also his first two picks. And they come on back-to-back drives in the second half. So welcome to the NFL, Bryce Perkins. He also gets sacked three times, so got his uniform dirty. Ultimately, this is the fifth straight win for Kansas City. It comes at home. And as I say right now, the Chiefs are well in command not only are they the best team in the AFC, but I and I wonder if that's exceeding expectations externally, not internally, but externally. There was so much talk about the defections and the players they lost, and obviously Tyreek Hill, but they have taken care of their business. They're still perfect in division, which is the most important thing, and they protect the home field, which I just think Arrowhead's one of the most incredible places uh, to to play or to watch a game in the NFL. So right now they've got a three-game lead on the Chargers in the division, and then Raiders and Broncos are both way below 500, and they didn't get the memo about how this AFC West division was supposed to be competitive from top to bottom. All right, I made a Zach Wilson comment, so I suppose next we should get to the AFC East Right, So we had Mike White taking over for the Jets because the Jets have designs now on competing for the playoffs in the AFC. I got the best hands on the team. And maybe not giving up at all on winning the division. We knew the Dolphins were trying to keep pace with the Bills at the top. They had the Texans in Miami coming off the bye. So we'll talk Jets. We'll talk Dolphins. Uh, Patriots obviously played on Thursday, as did the Bills. So we can give you the complete picture of the AFC East through week number 12. And then top of the hour, what a way for Jacoby Brissett to hand off the starting job. What a way to go out, Jacoby. In the rain, even. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Third down and goal at the eight-yard line. Mike White in the shotgun. Elijah Moore trots in motion left to right. Takes the snap. Drops back. Looks right. Throws back right corner of the end zone. Wide open. Garrett Wilson. That's a jet touchdown. Play action. Back to throw. Looks over the middle. Throws one. It is caught by Garrett Wilson at the 35-yard line. Makes a man miss at the 30. Sprints right to the 20. To the 15. 10. 5. Touchdown. Garrett with a catch and run. White takes the snap. Four-man rush. 
Looks left, dancing left, fires deep sideline left, at the goal line, it's caught, into the end zone, Elijah Moore, that's a jet touchdown, third passing touchdown of the game for Mike White, and Elijah Moore with his first touchdown catch this season, extends the Jets lead. It's a football feeding frenzy, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. No Zach Wilson and no Justin Fields. So the battle of backup QBs at MetLife Stadium for the New York Jets hosting the Chicago Bears. You can laugh if you want, but the Jets still have designs, not just on playoffs, but winning the AFC East. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio right away. Opening drive, Mike White is sparking this Jets offense. You can tell that this team likes to play for him. Now, not everybody was on the field last year when he had that, was it a Monday night football game when he played and he was all the rage and we know he was trending. People hadn't forgotten him. He was trending on Twitter last week when Zach Wilson was playing so poorly. Uh, And he was also trending again on Sunday because he took the bull by the horn, so to speak. He made the most of this opportunity, and I love that about Mike White. He may not be the talented, uh, the most talented quarterback or a high draft pick, but when you give him an opportunity, he brings energy, he brings leadership out there to the huddle, and certainly can throw the ball around, even in the pouring down rain. It was pouring. I could hear that rain pounding at my own house, which is, I don't know, maybe 15 miles from MetLife Stadium. It's after hours. I already said that. But on Facebook, it's after hours with Amy Lawrence. We've got our poll up where you can let us know which fan base, which teams will wake up on Monday feeling morbid, morose, miserable, It's our Mortification Monday, baby. And as always, we have a hard time limiting it to just four teams. You are welcome to write in your votes. We actually have started to leave off teams that exist in a state of misery because, well, because they're irrelevant. And when you're irrelevant in the NFL, it's actually far worse than being really bad on any given Sunday. So Mike White... With a touchdown pass to Garrett Wilson on the very first drive. And then Wilson's second TD in the pouring down rain is a 54-yarder. A catch and a run that put the Jets in front 14-10. to 10. You hear the calls with Bob Wischusen on Jets Radio. There are also a pair of scoring drives in the third quarter. And that's when Mike White's name was all the rage on Twitter. Elijah Moore with his first touchdown catch of the season mere weeks after he was asking for a trade and the team actually sent him home. He wasn't around the team because he was being a pain in the ass because he was toxic. And so now it's all sunshine and roses apparently for Elijah Moore. That's what happens when we play New York Jet football. That's New York Jet football. That's the real New York Jet football. Oh, okay. So now it's a we And it's New York Jet football, and you're all in on the New York Jets. But a couple of weeks ago, you were all in on a trade. I got you. Fickle, but okay. On SNY, Elijah Moore making his euphoric comments. And I suppose that first touchdown catch in the NFL may have gone to his head. Yeah, Mike White, 22 of 28, 315 yards as the Jets near 500 total yards of offense. It's not impossible, of course, because we see teams do it, but it's not generally in the Jets' wheelhouse. The passer rating for Mike White, this is, 
I mean, it's amazing. I'm so happy for him. 149.3. You want to talk about seizing the day, as in carpe freakum diem for, for one Mike White. This was it. And obviously, the offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur, and the rest of the staff put him in a position to succeed, but he crushed it. It's awesome. I mean, just going out there playing football with your, your friends and guys you've been with uh, for a couple of years now. And when it wasn't my time to play, obviously, I'm super supportive of them and I'm, I'm having fun with them, too. But just to be out there and, and be a part of it and, and help the team team win is, is always fun. I feel good. Obviously, it's uh, it was a good game for the for the offense, but. I'll enjoy this one with my friends and family, and then tomorrow turns into Minnesota prep and, and turn the page and keep going to where we're trying to go. He did a great job. Um, you know, we he didn't need to be anybody but Mike White. We didn't need to turn into the greatest show on turf. We just needed, uh, we just wanted him to play within himself and play efficient. I thought he did that. I just thought he did a really good job distributing the ball. And like I said, I thought uh, Mike did a really good job calling the game and uh, opening up a lot of stuff for a lot of different guys. You know how... Parents will tell you they don't love one child more than another. Or you'll hear that cliche about how I love all my kids the same. Nah. Robert Sala loves Zach Wilson more, but he couldn't probably keep... Well, he would keep his job, but he couldn't get to the playoffs, at least right now, continuing to throw Zach Wilson out there. Not to mention there are rumblings from the Jets' locker room about Zach acting like a punk when he doesn't play well, which is why he apologized to the locker room on Friday for really being tone deaf and having no sense of how his comments or his play were impacting the locker room. I hate to say it, but I feel like Zach Wilson's been acting like a brat. He's not a a brat. I don't know Zach, so I can't say that about him, but he's been acting like a brat. And this is his opportunity to grow the bleep up. Grow up with me a man. I know he's young. I know that it's only his second year. There's a lot to learn. But, man, there are guys who have had five, like a, a five-minute cup of coffee in the NFL who talk with more leadership and with more presence and have a better sense of what's going on with their team than Zach Wilson does. He honestly comes across entitled and spoiled rotten. Well, now maybe he's going to have to earn it a little bit. 10.3 yards per pass after Mike White takes over. That's a pretty sweet ratio. Uh, as for the Bears, five straight losses for Chicago. They don't even get 300 yards total. Trevor Simeon is the starter in place of an injured Justin Fields. Justin, um, today during pregame, you know, went out um, prior to pregame, went out there and worked out a little bit. And uh, we went with the medical staff and uh, with Justin after that, and then also with uh, you know Ryan and myself, and we decided that it was the best interest in Justin and also for the Chicago Bears that he was inactive today, and um, you know so it's really comes down to really one thing: his strength. You know he didn't have the strength uh, to protect himself uh, in the game properly and to perform the way he wanted to perform. So that was really the, the gist of that right there. Waiting to see Justin back on the field because the Bears' office obviously is built around him. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Jets are seven and four, looking up at the Bills, who are eight and three, and the Dolphins, who are eight and three. Back to throw Tua, looking, getting some pressure, rolling, now scrambling to his left, throws touchdown. a touchdown, Miami, and it's Darrell Smythe. Wilson, the running back, gets the handoff, breaks right, easy touchdown, Miami. Jeff Wilson, easy one to the right, blocking out front. Burke had the running back on third down and 19 back at the Texans 11-yard line. 
Back to throw, gets it off. He's got oh, Akins. That's going to be a touchdown. The football picked up by the Dolphins. Xavier Howard is it? Walks into the end zone. Touchdown, Miami. There is nothing better in professional football than meaningful December and January games. Um, I'm very excited for our young team and a lot of guys to feel that for the first time. The five wins that we've had the month that we've won, it means a lot because I know it wasn't gifted to anyone and that they did things the right way. That shapes the way you do things moving forward. Man, that was awesome to see from from our defense. Um, You know, the the, the turnovers, uh, the sacks, you know, just the big hits that, that they were making defensively. For me, I'm, I'm used to seeing that uh, because in my first two years, you know, that, that's the type of defense we've had. What was that? Was it a duck calling whistle? Can you – it sounded like a frog or a duck or – I don't know what that was. Uh, because in my first two years <laughs> – uh, someone's in my first someone's text message alert. That's a good guess. <laughs> Fifth straight victory for Miami ever since Tua returned, and actually a fourth game in a row for him without an interception. And you hear Mike McDaniel reference the month they just had. Yeah, they ran the table. And two is right. The Miami defense was stingy, stifling. Five sacks, another seven QB hits as Kyle Allen took over for the Texans. They also had three takeaways. They barely allowed 200 yards. This was total domination. Skylar Thompson played the fourth quarter. Uh, and the, the, really, they didn't need to do anything after half when they were up 30 to nothing. So they're now at 8-3, and three, tied atop the AFC East. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.